0: Hello, good morning, everybody. Welcome into OutKick the Morning. I'm Charlie Arnold. Uh, Listen, this is a subject that we talk about all the time here on OutKick. Uh, The debate over whether to allow biological men to compete in women's sports has been raging on for some time now. You all know where I stand. But the debate has gotten even more complicated because some new regulations have been put into place that really compromise the position that a lot of schools and universities are able to take. So here's the thing. Back in April, the Biden administration rolled out new Title IX regulations that serve to expand the meaning of sexual discrimination to include gender identity, thus preventing schools and colleges from banning transgender athletes. Because under the proposed rule change, no school or college that receives federal funding would be allowed to impose a One size fits all policy that categorically bans transgender students from playing on sports teams consistent with their gender identity. These policies would be considered a violation of Title IX. Title IX, the same thing that was constructed in the first place to protect women. Now they're finding if you don't allow biological men in, you're found to be now breaking the law. Anyways, a lot of people have severe problems with this. A lot of people not everyone will speak up about it some people will speak up about it and do nothing about it but there is now a coach in oregon who is putting his money where his mouth is here's my interview with him so now i'm super excited to welcome into the show dave brown former varsity high school tennis coach at canby high school in oregon who just recently resigned Uh, Because of all the Title IX changes, Dave, what was it? You know, what moment? Because these changes have been taking place since April. They were put into effect. At what moment did you think to yourself, I just cannot do this anymore? I cannot stand by while seeing women's sports be completely destroyed.
1: Well, I think for us, it it came to a head uh, last year. Uh, It's been on in Oregon last year and this year where we've got boys, you know, playing girls sports. And when you see that in person, um, it's a lot tougher than when you're just talking about it, you know, on on TV, podcast, or radio. Um, when you when you see it in person, I saw it yesterday at a volleyball tournament for girls in Oregon, and I'm just like, you know, for being a longtime boys coach in basketball, fo- uh, football, and then especially tennis, to see what the girls are going through. And since this all came, you know started for us, you guys, we've had. Thousands and thousands of young women, moms, parents—you know—they're—they're—they're they're, they're contacting us, and the, the stories we're hearing are, are really hard. You know, it's not just a, a, physical danger; the emotional toll it's taken on young women is 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 massive.
0: How many years have you been a coach?
1: Uh forever. <laughs> uh, forever. This is going to be my twenty-fifth years as a varsity tennis coach. Twenty years basketball. Uh, Ten years middle school football, basketball as a paid coach, and then countless hundreds and hundreds of camps in the summers and things like that
0: did you always teach or coach girls and women's sports
1: most time boys I did girls basketball in the 90s it was a blast and then I did mostly boys and then four years ago my wife and I uh the opportunity when I got to the school board Newburgh I couldn't coach anymore uh that's against the, the state law so, my wife uh, saw that Cambie had a girls' tennis opening, and we went there and had a blast. Great kids, great parents um had had so much fun. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed coaching girls towards the end of my career,
0: so obviously, you know, to be a coach for girls and women, you you have to understand women. I mean, and and it's you clearly do. um from a you know mental perspective, emotional perspective, what have you noticed? Since these changes have started going to affect, what what have you heard from them? What have they demonstrated to you of of how, you know, horrible of a phenomenon it is that we're experiencing right now?
1: Well, I think, you know, it's a lot like what we're experiencing in our country since, uh, you uh, you know, the last four or five years of cultural change. We've seen such a massive change where people can't speak up, Caitlin. They can't say anything. And in public schools, that's big time. And, and high school kids, middle school kids don't like to draw attention to themselves. So they just don't say anything. They just put up with it. And it's, this is a lot of adult-based agenda uh, stuff. And the, the kids just want to go to school, go to Taco Bell, get their lunch, hang out with their friends, go to the dance. They don't want all this stuff. And girls really want to play girls sports. You know, my wife Judy's been uh, on a radio show with me this morning, and she was part of the whole Title IX back in the 70s. And we've made so much progress. Now we're throwing it all away. But yeah, yeah, we actually
0: emotional. are throwing it right away. Keep going. Yeah.
1: The emotional toll, though. That's what we're seeing. Uh, thousands of responses all over the world have came back into us right now. And like, we sure appreciate being on your show. You guys are uh you guys are doing a great job. So thank you so much, Outkick. Um I listen quite often and it's 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 fun. I think you know what what's hard though is when you're a coach and you're in practice and in matches on a bus and you're with these young ladies and they don't have a voice right so that was really you know to answer your question around the bushes that's where we decided we had to do something and to sit back and condone what Oregon is doing and it's happening in other states a lot of it's almost everywhere uh it's it's you know right against you know the whole nine yards we're we're gonna support the girls over like our our coaching career
0: well you're so right and People don't have a voice. These these young women do not have a voice because we've seen in so many circumstances, the second that they start to speak up, they are labeled by their peers as homophobic or hateful or a bigot. And it's horrible because really, truth be told, the science speaks for itself. I mean, boys and men have a biological advantage. That's all it is to it. And women just want to protect the space that has been deemed sacred for them protect their opportunities, protect the success that they currently have and will be able to have. And it is horrible that they are not able to have that voice. And, you know, on the same token, you mentioned in your Instagram post, you called out the parents. You know, it's one thing for a child to have to speak up for themselves. You know, sometimes it's uncomfortable. But that's when a parent steps in and says, you know what, it's my duty to protect you and make sure you're safe. And there are so few parents still. Who are willing to make that move
1: yeah I, I agree uh wholeheartedly and and i would say like it can be high school where we're from uh, uh where we've coached is a lot of great parents but the the public school system is doing their very best to silence everybody they don't want this they don't want uh judy knight to be doing this they are um they're they're not wanting it because they have it the way they want it they've got the dialogue going and that's why I'm pushing for, you know, dads for daughters and Judy's going to be, you know, focusing on the girls and the moms because uh, the parents do need to stand up. You go to a school board meeting. I just came off of school board for four years. There's very few parents there. And I I, I think, you know, that cancel culture has really hit them.
0: You, so you think just in general, parents are taking a back seat. They're like, you know what? I just don't even want to be involved. I don't want to have anything to do with the decision making because then it protects me in a sense of having to put my two cents forward in either direction, which could ultimately lead to me being canceled, my kids being bullied, whatever it might be.
1: Well, I think, you know, for me, one of my big things with Stan All Dave Brown is going to be dads. I think dads have to stand up. I've had people say coaches, but boy, it's tough to be a coach out there and, and stand up. You're going to get ridiculed in your school. You might even lose your position. You really will. And so the dads have to be the ones I think that need to stand up big time. I think men are not, doing their rightful duty by their, their, their families and their kids. And I'm calling out men everywhere in, in a, in a, in a solid way. And, and also we're hoping that we can bridge that gap between, you know, middle school, high school girls and their dads and say, Hey, this is how you communicate. Um, you know, uh, cause my number one job as a coach has never been about winning done that a lot. That's fine. But it's the protection of every kid I've ever coached. And I'm never going to lie to them. That's what I said there. I'm not going to lie to a kid and say, this is Okay. And finally, we just got that point where uh, somebody has to start this ball rolling. And if we're the one, that's great. Um, Judy and I both coach a ton of sports. We've seen how these kids can have a, a blast and also how it can just rip them up. And so, so...
0: When you talk about, you know, as a coach, you're in a particularly hard spot as well because, you know, you, you're you taking on the whole brunt of, of these changes a, a bit on your own right now. Did you have a positive reaction from your uh your team, from their parents. What what type of reception did you get when you made this choice?
1: Well that that's the hardest one. You know, the girls that are still on a team, whenever a coach leaves, uh, I think we were fairly well liked. Um I hope to think so we had a good time. Um, it's hard to say goodbye. And uh, still working through that process now to, you know, figure out how we can do that. There's never an easy way when you step away from any job, you know, someday you you won't be an outkick. You'll be doing a different job and you have to say goodbye. Like I did after 20 years, my wife, after 34 years working in public schools, that's always a difficult one. Coach, you know, parents want you to be their coach to their daughter's senior year. And I, I totally understand that. Um, but maybe for their daughters, by starting to talk up today, you and I can start this conversation uh, and get it really loud and get it really out there. So uh, maybe they'll be stronger parents than, than their parents are. And uh, I think parents all want the right thing. It's just hard to know how to do it when you are kind of, uh, you're not really supported that much. They'll, they'll look at you and say, okay, okay, okay. But they don't they're not really listening yet at the public school level.
0: Do you think that if you wouldn't have resigned, that you might have just been terminated from your position, if you would have expressed any type of uh, conflict with the changes that are taking place?
1: You know, we thought about that, you know, honestly, but you know, I, I I like Canby high school. Uh, We live in Newburgh, but I like Canby high school. It's a, it's a good place. Um, I think they are just like every other public school they have lost their ability to really be in control. Uh, In Oregon is the Oregon department of education and, and they call all the shots. And in sports, it's the Oregon State Athletic Association. Every state has those associations. And the pressure coming from the top down is wrong. It's uh, controlling. And really, the people at Canby don't have a whole lot to say. That's why I challenge the school board. Uh, And maybe as a coach who had a little bit of success, it it, it can get some traction, you know, like we've gotten with this. And hopefully it opens up the dialogue, like with, you know, Riley Gaines and, and, and Dallas Mallory and all these people.
0: Okay, so, yeah, Riley Gaines and many others of, of the same, you know, in that in that same lane are definitely helping to open up this conversation, which is so important. Um, same with us people over here at OutKick. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that believe in the same things that, that you believe in and what you are saying. And I think the more people that get involved, uh, the more comfortable other people will be to get involved. But do you see this move that you've made, which, you know, very, very brave. I commend you so much uh, for having the courage and, you know, the will to do this because you also just put yourself out of a job, which is not easy, especially given the current state of the economy, any, anything, you know, it's, it's a lot, but do you think there's other coaches who have the same values as yourself that I know are out there that are too afraid to speak up? Do you think this is a move we're going to see more often?
1: Yes. Uh, I think right now, um, if it's okay, I'll uh, you know, I was gonna have my wife step in on this question. Would yeah, please. Come on in. I think, you know, that's a great question. And we talked about this last night with our team. This is my wife Judy.
0: Hi. Hi, Judy. Hi.
1: I think that right now it's really difficult for coaches to step up. It's really in the public school system, they're gonna get ripped up. And so it's gonna take a while there. That's why I think that dads have to be the first ones to to get on board with this. Moms are already doing it. Um you know, we know that moms are, you know, taking care of the kids, doing dishes, cleaning the house, working full time. They're they're carrying a the load. Men have got to catch up and that's going to be our big pushes to get men out there. But coaches are uh, they're in a tough spot. But I, I think there's tens of thousands of coaches out there that agree with us. But to say something puts their job on the line. Yeah, I totally agree with that because I think it's really difficult for both of us to make that decision. I think you asked Dave that question a little bit a while ago about the, this
0: is our career. This is what we do. We impact people. We impact young people. And to have that now it's, we're stepping away and
1: somebody else to hire us is going to be, it's going to have some kind of backlash to that school.
0: Well, I hope, and I feel that the impact you will have by stepping away, although you don't have the immediate interaction with you know, men and women of all ages, you know, at this very moment, I think the impact that you'll have just by people understanding how important this is to you will go far, far, you know, further down the road, have a far greater effect than uh, if you would have stayed in your position, even though you were both tremendous coaches, I have no doubt in saying nothing. Um, So thank you so much for stepping up and speaking out because, ultimately I hope more people follow in this direction and we can make a real difference.
1: One last thing I think too, is is more than anything, you know, I mean, we're willing to do our small part. Thank you for your, your big part. I think it's, it's every single girl that's in kindergarten, third grade, fourth grade, that that they're just expecting adults to do the right thing. Uh, And then you have your middle school, high school kids that are going through the fire and uh, you know, having that ability to have people stand up for them is, is huge so if you're an adult out there listening to this um yeah you might have somebody get mad at you and call you a name or you know even cancel you but it's like so what it's we've got to get people stepping up and, and that's what we're doing to stand tall
0: you're stand standing tall with dave brown Can we get a look at the sweatshirts
1: oh god there you go
0: are you, you go. are you selling these online or are these just for the fam
1: they're ha- they're happening right now. We've got a whole bunch to get them printed. So uh, we've had so many requests for them. And again, I hope you understand. We're not doing this for our own attention. It's of just when you, when you. I don't think them, you.
0: I don't think you would quit your job to get attention. That just seems like uh, probably a step too far. If you don't actually believe in what you're doing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, we uh, we couldn't do this with all the people like you. So thank you.
0: Yes, we do have lots of merchandise. Yes, T-shirts and sweatshirts and hats coming. The hats are coming. Amazing. Well, I look forward to the updates. And again, like all the respect in the world for uh, standing up strong for what you believe in, even though, unfortunately, it comes at your personal expense. But, you know, hopefully um, the greater good is still yet to come. So thank you.
1: We'll we'll promote Kick it, promise.
0: Done. Done. (laughs) Cross promotion. We love it. Thank, Thank you, you so much to both of you. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, I for one certainly stand tall with Dave Brown, also his wife Jill. Uh, they were both incredible people, uh, as you can probably tell by watching that interview. And I just find it so incredible. I I, I am at a loss for words. It, giving up your position as a coach in order to stand up for what you believe in. And I truly hope, I don't know that it'll happen because it's tough. You know, the economy's tough. People don't want to give up their jobs. Um, You know, everyone's fighting for so limited positions in this space as it is. But I do hope uh, this gives other coaches enough courage to at least speak out for what they believe in and maybe start a movement where, other people make this same transition into, you know, stepping away from coaching, at least for the time being, because uh, I think that's the only way real change is going to be enacted. Uh, although I would hate to see women and girls losing their coaches as a result of this. But uh, at some point, something's got to give And someone else who knows all about this. You can speak to it even better than I can, because she knows from firsthand experience what it's like to be in the position where you are forced to share your success, to give up opportunities for a biological man, by a biological man, uh, let's go ahead and welcome in none other than Riley Gaines.
2: How you doing, Charlie? Good morning, Good Riley.
0: How are you? Good to see I you. Uh, Dave Brown, what What a guy. I mean, listen, I already had, I read the article before interviewing him, but just to talk to him, and you can just tell— Everything that he's saying, everything that he's doing, he means 100%. And I just feel like, you know, to really make that sacrifice just shows how serious he is about trying to enact some change uh, in all of this insanity that's going on.
2: Absolutely. Um, I mean, even just listening to his testimony before the school board. I mean, this is a coach who knew exactly how many games he played, exactly how many games he won, and how many he lost. Clearly, he loved his job. Clearly, he loved the girls that he coached. But what our country, well, really globally, what our our world is seeing is weak and compromised leaders. That's how we've got to the point where we're at, Mm -hmm. whether that be, of course, in the Biden administration, whether that be in the NCAA, whether that be in corporate America, uh, whatever it might be, we're seeing weak leaders. And so to have someone in a leadership position who is willing to do the right and fair and just and moral thing, even if it does mean you know he loses his job, he doesn't get his source of income. Um, he doesn't do the thing that he loves because clearly he loved coaching. Uh, it's incredibly unfortunate that it has to come to a high school coach from Oregon being the one to to mm-hmm. really take a stand, but I am in awe he's my role model really that's that's true leadership and that's true bravery.
0: That is true leadership. And you have to imagine how sad his athletes probably are to see him walk away. But, you know, there's got to probably just be a whole other level of respect for him because I'm sure the opinions he has about biological men competing within women's sports are likely the same opinions that his female athletes also have on the subject. So do you see this spurring a movement where more coaches— feel empowered enough to walk away from their positions. Although, you know, again, this is asking them to make a huge sacrifice.
2: You know, I really do. Um, I think, unfortunately, sometimes unfortunate circumstances have to happen before people realize the severity and the harm that's being done. Um, But I do. I think people are waking up. I think the tide is turning. I think parents are waking up. I think coaches are waking up. I think medical professionals are waking up. Um, yeah, it's just impossible to ignore anymore. I think for a long time and including myself, right. As conservatives, I think we do this, um, pretty often, you know, we have our heads down and we're not focused on the things that aren't affecting us because we have other things to worry about. You know, we're working hard in our careers or within our own personal relationships and within our families. And so we're not worried about those things, but now these things have become impossible to ignore. Um, so I certainly believe this will. The tide will turn. I believe this will be a big issue in the presidential election. Um, one that that mm-hmm. Joe Biden, President Biden, has of course failed us all on, and it will be impossible for of him course. to run from the effects, the long term effects that his administration has had on the safeguarding of children, parental rights, um, and of course the privacy, safety, and equal opportunities of women.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is very sad to see, um, and we just every day see more and more examples of this just getting taken a step further. Uh, you know, let's just touch on it right now. Leah Thomas, uh, who you unfortunately are very familiar with, uh, trying to take secret legal action in a bid to overturn a ban on biological males competing alongside women, because we know that the Olympic governing body had. Put a stop to that, saying no. This is not going to be allowed. But Leah Thomas, hoping to find this be reversed, and then hopefully take part in the Paris Olympics this summer. Do you think she'll be? I I hate like I don't even like referring like using the 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 politically correct pronouns. But do you think Leah will be successful in having this reversal occur?
2: (laughs) I mean the the narcissism and the hubris. I mean, it reeks from from these actions and from this person, Uh, but ultimately, no, I don't think he'll be successful. And it's because the guidelines that were put in place by FINA, which have now been undertaken by several larger governing bodies like World Athletics, which is track and field, um, many others, they create a third category. Uh, There is a place for Leah Thomas to compete at the highest level. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is a person who is choosing to ignore that and say, no, that's not enough. I don't want a compromise. I want what I want. And if you don't give it to me, I'm going to sue you. And that's that's the reality of it. Look like you have the LPGA. What's happening there, for example, um, which is tragic. But they were forced to create a policy that would allow back in 2010 that would allow men to play against women because they knew they would be sued if they didn't. And they don't have the resources. They don't have the funds to not entirely go under as an organization if they were to be sued. Um, I don't think his lawsuit will win. But again, the idea that this is a man Uh, who could take a full year off of swimming. I know, who could take a full year off of swimming not competing, not practicing, yet get back in the water and I would argue easily make the Olympic team for women. I mean, that's just the most, the biggest slap in the face and really it's like a a Saturday Night Live skit, but it's real life. (laughs) It's real life.
0: It is real life. I mean, it always just blows my mind having these conversations and we have them all the time, unfortunately, that this is actually up for debate
1: And it's, you know, you
0: talk about conservatives and it's, it's really not a, it's not a conservative stance to say that men and women should not compete against each other. I mean, this is just, this is just something that anybody who has one brain cell in their body should realize should not be occurring. Um, But even USA boxing, oh, but touching on Leah Thomas, I just want to remind everybody who, who cannot grasp. The insanity of all of this. Leah Thomas, when competing as a man, was ranked 462. And the second Leah Thomas jumped into the women's division was first. Going from 462 to first. And like you mentioned, having not have competed already for another year, and you would assume and probably be very correct in your assumption, that they could get back into the water and immediately be number one again. I mean, that just speaks to— uh That just speaks to how wrong this absolutely is. And and even USA Boxing uh, is another organization, Riley, that has made allowances for transgender competitors to compete in the gender division that they identify with. And this is boxing. I mean, this is a violent sport.
2: It just makes no sense. Um, No, it doesn't. And it's again, it's just a wild concept. That in the name of progress, they call this progressive, as if we're moving in the positive forward direction. (laughs) We're going to award men money, prize money, and championship belts and titles for beating up on women and punching them in the face with the intention of knocking them out. We're going to award that and glorify that and call these men champions in the name of progress and, weirdly enough, feminism. It is the craziest I mean, you you. that's a, you, there's no other way you can describe it other than crazy. But again, I think things like this have to happen to wake up that that silent or yeah, the silent majority and the moderates who maybe you know, don't really know how they feel. Maybe they don't like Trump or maybe they didn't see a problem with Biden. OK, well, now they're waking up and we need them to wake up. So. I think we can look at this one of two ways. Um, actually, we can probably look at it at both ways simultaneously. Of course, this is terrible. And I think what is going to what it's going to take for these governing bodies to open their eyes is someone being a woman being fatally injured. But we can also look at this mm. as a plus in a sense because it's waking people up, which is necessary and I would argue urgent. Yeah,
0: and I think... Uh, and for, yeah, it is unfortunate because there's going to be some really horrific incident that occurs. And then that's what's going to catch all of the national and mainstream headlines. Because right now, as we've noticed, uh, the way that these t- subjects and topics are reported on from news outlet to news outlet are very different. But if there is a really horrific injury that occurs, which there already have been horrific injuries, but— you know, like there was the volleyball player who had her, her face smashed in, uh, what was it, last fall, uh, it, which was a horrific injury. But, you know, it didn't quite capture the headlines, you would assume it would. But, you know, if if this happens and it even gets tapen, taken a step further and it can't be ignored, uh, hopefully it's a little bit of a wake-up call to people, even though it comes at the, you know, unfortunate cost of someone getting horribly injured, if if not even past that, you know, maybe even passing away, which I don't even want to think about. But the good news in all of this, maybe, is that, you know, we talk about people waking up, but it looks like a little bit of momentum was catching on because, Riley, you were in West Virginia yesterday to help unveil the West Virginia House bill, which right now West Virginia is becoming the fifth state, it's looking like, uh, to adopt measures to define exactly what it means to be a woman. So basically, there's a couple other states that have made it a priority to pass what they're calling the Women's Bill of Rights to establish there are only two sexes for the purpose of state law in defining, thank goodness, male and female based on biological sex at birth, not about identity. It is what you were born with. Uh What does this mean Uh, when you look at four states already having done this? West Virginia looking to become the fifth. Is this something that's going to catch on quickly like wildfire? What are you hearing when you were in West Virginia yesterday and talking to people?
2: Definitely this will catch on like wildfire. Um, It's already being I'm already pushing this. I said the Independent Women's Forum. We're already pushing this in a multiple multitude of states. Uh, Mississippi, Alabama, of course, states where we're pretty confident this will get through with ease because we're pretty confident their legislature knows what a woman is. Um, But really what this bill does, it's a bill that codifies and defines sex-based terms like woman, like man, like male, like female, uh, girl, boy, mother, father. I can't even believe that it's necessary to define those words. But here we are in 2024. We have a sitting Supreme Court justice Who can't even define what a woman is because she claims she's not a biologist, which let me just say, I'm not a veterinarian, but I know what a dog is. That's the (laughs) dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, But again, in West Virginia, the word woman is used in 120 different state statutes, uh, which means there's 120 opportunities for these unelected bureaucrats and officials to go through the back door and reinterpret this word woman to mean what they want it to mean. Um, but that can't happen already in Kansas and Tennessee and Oklahoma and Nebraska, states that have got this through. Uh, and you're right, I imagine, uh, I'm actually confident, fairly certain that West Virginia will be the fifth state to define what a woman is.
0: I, it is, It. I mean, again, truly unbelievable. 2024, here we are, no longer able to say mother without it being controversial, father, man, woman. I mean, and we, we owe a lot of this corruption and confusion to, well, obviously the educators, but also to social media. I mean, people are getting on social media. You know, you have men who are claiming to be on their periods. And even there was the headline the other week, Riley, where it was, wasn't it something along the lines of a woman who— Identifies as a man now, and I, I don't even I don't even know the lengths that they've gone, you know, in, in their transition. But they're pregnant, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, can you believe it? I'm a man that's pregnant." It's like, "No, honey, you're a woman that's pregnant." And, and let me tell you, there is nothing special about that. I mean, it's no. special in theory to become yeah, a woman, but right. but the fact that you're a woman that got pregnant that is that is not a, a, a unrealistic phenomenon.
2: No, and we're gonna keep seeing more headlines just like that. Um, that are, are really showcasing the lunacy of, again, our leaders of what we're believing as a society. I don't think we're really believing it, but, but what we're adhering to, what we're being coerced to adhere to, whether that's the government or the media, um, whatever it might be, it's just showcasing how stupid we look as a nation. We have become a laughingstock. Really, you think China sees something like that? A headline breaking: woman is pregnant, and you think they're not laughing? They're probably cracking up. China, Russia, these countries who are who are our um, who aren't our allies. I mean, they are loving that we're dealing with this. So yeah, we've become a laughing stock as a nation.
0: Yeah, I mean, this along with the montages that are available online of Joe Biden falling. Uh, over his own two feet or uh, definitely things other countries are constantly laughing at us for. Riley, something else that made me laugh is how I just saw this on your Twitter. Um, I think it was yesterday, how you had some trans rights activists who called you someone that you looked like a tranny. They were like, that was the insult that they used for you. Oh, you look like you're a trans person. And you're like, wait a second, you're using that to insult me. Like, how does that make sense? Uh, but that's how stupid these people are that they're using
2: basically their
0: defense as a way to insult.
2: Yeah. Well, it's again, it's, it's funny. Um, one, yes, I'm a muscular, I'm a muscular woman. I was a college athlete. I dedicated myself to working as hard as I could in my sport. Um, so, and swimmers, you know, we have the big shoulders, of course I'm, I'm muscular, um, but I'm proud of my muscles. I work hard to maintain my muscles even still, but yeah, their logic is so silly. It's a very similar logic to that, that representative Lee back a few months ago uh, when I was testifying before Congress, it's a very similar logic that they used, uh, where I came back with her and said, look, by your own logic, you're a misogynist. These people They're using, you know, saying I look trans as a way to insult me. And that's the ultimate transphobe right there (laughs) because they're saying that their appearance is offensive. Um, So it's just funny the tactics that they use and how dumb they really are. Um, I say they're a bigot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're definitely dumb. That is for sure. And I just want to add my two cents in. And I want to tell you that I think you look fantastic. Uh, I saw your your selfie that you posted at the hotel gym from the other day. And uh, I hope to follow in your footsteps because I will be uh, camping out at a hotel for the next week and a half. And uh, I hope that I can find my motivation to get to the gym every morning and uh, sooner or later uh, look a little bit more like you.
2: Oh, stop it. You're funny. Um, Well, I. Again, it's part of being an athlete and you, you know, it, if you've, if you've been there, the dedication, yeah. the sacrifices, you're willing to make them. So absolutely.
0: Okay. So finally, before I let you go, what else are you up to? Anything that we should be having marked on our internal calendars, as far as what Riley Gaines is doing and where she is and where she's going.
2: Yes. So lots of advocacy coming up. Uh, I'm going to Missouri this week to stand with the attorney general of Missouri, Attorney General Bailey, who has really been a leader and a champion on the gender ideology movement and pursuing lots of litigation that would prevent uh, children from uh, getting these these chemicals administered to them and, and being surgically castrated. Um, so he's been great. So we are going to advance the Women's Bill of Rights in Missouri with the support of Attorney General Bailey. So that will be this week. Uh, Lots of exciting things coming up, really.
0: Well, incredible. I know that 2024 is bound to be probably your biggest year yet. Uh, Always happy to talk to you. And I have no doubt we'll see you soon.
2: Yes. Thank you, Charlie.
1: Outkick the Morning we will be right back after a short break. Stay tuned.
0: Okay. Uh, well, clearly, uh, mentally ill people who believe that men should be competing in women's sports, but also the mental health crisis just continues to get bigger and bigger in our country as each passing day goes by. And guess what? There's no shortage of evidence of that. Take a look at this video.
2: I think that I would like validation for my gender identity. Here are some pictures of me. My pronouns are it and they. My gender is none. (laughs) I enjoy dressing in a more feminine, I guess, way. But I don't want to be associated with gender. I enjoy looking like a clown. I kind of view myself as a doll. I don't abide by gender. I'm fucking built different.
0: Okay, everyone, I just want to make it very clear that was the first time that I watched that video through because I wanted to have a genuine response. Um, And I'm a little speechless. Okay, first of all, is that a man or a woman biologically? I'm not even sure. Maybe woman? Um, Pronouns are it. So you are an it. And uh, gender, none. I mean, how far down this rabbit hole are we going to go? I just... This person is so disturbed. I can't imagine the insecurities and confusion they must feel. Like I don't know what trauma that took place earlier in their lives for them to feel like they had to completely disguise themselves as a clown-esque person and uh, identify as an it. In um, what types of people they attract. What types of activities they partake in. I I just, it's obscene. Uh, I don't think I would want a glimpse into their, the inner workings of their life, of their brain, what they partake in, because I have a feeling it would be very, very disturbing. I also wonder what their parents think. Like, this is what we raised. I mean, are their parents completely insane as well? Maybe. Or maybe they don't have much of a relationship with their parents, which also would be very, very much an explanation for why they've gone down this dark path. I mean, you know, you don't have good role models in your life. Uh, who's there to teach you right from wrong. I don't know. This is just something has got to give, we've got to put an end to this because this is just going to keep getting weirder and weirder and weirder. Um, so yeah, if anyone has any thoughts on that, I would, I would welcome any type of explanation because I am, I am at a loss for words watching that. And, um, yeah, I feel bad for the younger generations that are growing up and seeing these people walking the streets because it's truly very scary. Okay, everybody, that is it. It's gonna do it for this episode of Outkick the Morning. Thank you so much as always for being here with me. New episode tomorrow. Until then, find me on social media at Charlie on TV. I have got some good um, some good comments. I'm gonna weigh weigh in with tomorrow, uh, dealing with none other than Taylor Swift in uh, the idea that she could become. A pawn for the Democratic Party. I went on Fox yesterday to talk about it. I have so many people coming for me. I Actually, just saw myself on CNN a few minutes ago on the screen. So, and I've got all types of comments in my uh, on my timeline right now. So, we'll get into some of that, plus so much more. So, on that note, everybody have a fantastic Tuesday, and I'll see you tomorrow.